so it's called I'm All Ears. Yep. Yeah, it's on now. Yep. Uh, testing out the sound. <laughs> the guest needs to do the heavy lifting. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of a bit like what Josh Earl does. He asks you to tell... tell uh... Oh, okay, mate. None of my ideas are original. <laughs> nah, I'm good. Hey, Solo here. Uh, this is another episode that we recorded uh, before the COVID uh, shutdown. Uh, we sort of sat on this one for a little bit. Um, so this chat about comedy festival, which didn't go ahead, uh, but it's still an awesome chat with Michelle. So yeah, I hope you enjoy it. Uh, over to you, Goxie. Hi, welcome back to another episode of I'm All Ears with Goxie and Solo. Hi. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm supposed to say Goxie and you say Solo. Yeah, sorry. Goxie, Solo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We'll, we'll finally get this right one day. Anyway. Um, but if, yeah, Ben Searle, Aaron Gox. Yep. Yep, that's it. <laughs> All right, enough about us. We're <laughs> uh, yeah, welcome back for another episode. And we have special guest today, uh, comedian, singer, actor, does the lot, Michelle Brazier. Welcome, Michelle. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, great. thank you for having us. Uh, we've, we've come to your studio today. Yeah. Um, we do have an, another... We have another extra special guest who, who won't be speaking, but he's here. Can you tell us who that is? <laughs> oh, yeah. This is Bruce, um, my son. He's a staffy cross. And, oh, yeah, that's his little tippy-tappies you might be able to hear now. So you might hear him moving around. He yeah, if noise. you hear the, the tapping, it, it is not me and Solo tap dancing. Although we... <laughs> it is my dog tap dancing. Yeah. We keep arts in the family. My son is an actor as well, so we've raised him to be a showbiz dog. <laughs> it is a very uh, Child showbiz project. house, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, a bit of a background, because even so, you're you're involved obviously in comedy, but not like me and Ben, obviously more from the stand-up world. There's a little bit of crossover. You do uh, you do like a lot of stuff with stand-ups and that, but. Can you tell us uh, a bit, you're more more from the sort of um, theatre sort of world, is that right? Yeah, I do a lot more in the, the-, in the in the comedy scene. I'm definitely more sketch comedy. Sometimes I do stand-up, but it's really only when someone needs like an MC or something. I'm good, I'm good and confident on stage, but I'm really not that good at writing stand-up. I really don't, like, that's not my first skill. But people think, people are like, oh, she's a comedian, she's a stand-up, but I'm, Really, yeah. I'm pretty shit at stand-up. <laughs> Did you start with doing stand-up or Mm-mm. no? No, I started doing um, musical theatre. I started doing musicals and then I was always playing the funny character because I wasn't hot enough to play the lead. Oh, and <laughs> I get the same thing. <laughs> I am now, don't worry. It's fine. Um, but at the time I wasn't. Um, and I really liked playing those roles. And then I was like, I want to write my own stuff. And I kind of started writing funny shows that were like an hour long that were just character based and stuff and then I so I, I kind of got into comedy that way and then one day I was going to do a character piece at this stand up night this like line up thing in Edinburgh called Spank and it was the like a really drunk crowd and the stand ups were doing really well and I was like fuck this and I just took off my costume and got up and just did 10 minutes of stand up that I had not planned and I was like that ah, that went pretty well this is easy I can do stand up and then I have never written any more stand up ever again so if you see me doing stand up um, it's the same thing that I've always done well, it's funny you say that because one of the things that gets and trust me when I say this there is a lot of people do stand up because <laughs> it is such a low entry point oh yeah I'm not mocking it it's a good craft but <laughs> a lot of people are like I can do that you know that's that's talking that's yeah and yeah. people can speak yeah yeah people so. can stand and speak 
and if you don't really have to stand, so if you're a differently able person, you can usually still speak. So it depends, but it's pretty accessible. And but I think it like maybe stand up requires you to be a bit more rigid as well. Whereas it's like oh, you're standing there, you're doing this, you're saying something you've really prepared, and that you're. Whereas I mean, I've done a couple of like better guests on a couple of improv shows, and it's kind of like almost freeing. It's like, oh, I can just be in the moment, it's and I don't have to. So much more fun. <laughs> it is. That's the thing about it for me is it's so much more fun to just get up and be like, well, I don't know. Like I work with um, Laura Fru and Double Denim, we're a duo, comedy duo, and it's always so loose. Our shows are mm. so loose. Like if you come twice, it'll never be the same because it's just we have a script, but we're not bound to it. Whereas with with stand up, because it's just one of you and. Mm you kind of you are kind of stuck and it is I find it very constricting and if if they don't like your jokes what are you gonna do like yeah you're just like oh well I'm fucked up here you know so well I've got tips more of what you just heard yeah yeah it's like oh you've decided you do not like me um well I guess that's uh that's that then yeah like when I started a long time ago way back in the day one of my things that kind of made me stumble a bit was worrying about exact words that I would say and then I didn't go completely the other way and be like totally improv but I was like the important thing is the vibe yeah to, to go very the well, castle there you know? I, yeah well that's true I think the thing about performing in in any capacity is the relationship between you and that live audience like you look at them yeah. and you go what like the skill of looking at an audience and going what is it that they want and then being able to to instead of going into your head and thinking about your stuff, just be able to go, how can I make you feel better? How can mm. I make you yeah. feel the way I want to make you feel? Um, it's, it's, that's the most important skill. And for me, the, the best way to make them feel how I want to make them feel is usually through like a character or a weird song or <laughs> something yeah. that's just a little bit easier than telling a joke. <laughs> Do you think like, it's interesting you say that about thinking about the audience because that can be a problem with, with artists sometimes is worrying about the, you know, the, the pureness of the art sort of thing when it's yeah. like, at the end of the day, sometimes people can just be out for a night out. Exactly. Have a few drinks, bought a ticket. Sometimes you'll get an audience that wants just hack jokes. They just want jokes that other comedians would roll their eyes if they saw you do. Mm. And it's your job to make the audience happy. So, like... You're not better than the audience. And I think that's really important for us to remember. And we, and we kind of don't. Like, we're always like, oh, no, I'm actually being really cool. Um, I'm actually doing my um, really meta cool jokes. It's like, fuck off, mate. You just got to make them laugh. That's your whole job. So if they like you, they like you. Yeah. I, I think that's the thing where people, that that kind of feeling above the audience, it's, always, it's sort of a weird thing in comedy, I think, where it's like, they're just people who are here for a good time and you're getting annoyed at them. Why? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Did you sort of pick that up? Along from, from running gigs or did you kind of already think about yeah, it a bit? Like- I, I guess you just see it a bit where I, I guess sometimes I, I would say there is times when the audience is wrong, like, <laughs> but that is much rarer than the comedian, I think, kind of being a bit I reckon off. you should like have, yeah. a, have your own mic when you're running a gig and be like, if, if something doesn't get enough, like, come on, you idiots, that was, that was a beautiful take on the, like... <laughs> 
Well, what's it called when you like, if something doesn't get enough, you like goose the claps from the back or something like that. We try and make the audience like go, oh, like that was supposed to be funny. I'll laugh. Yeah, oh. yeah. I find that like such a weird, weird idea because apparently they do that in some comedy clubs to like make the night better. Yeah, that would make sense. I mean, sometimes people do like, uh, I'm doing a play at the moment down at Red Stitch and it's a dark comedy, but Red Stitch theater is like a serious actors theater it's mm. like the theater that i couldn't get into when i was trying to become an actor like <laughs> they wouldn't look at me and now they're like you're a comedian come in sort of like a uni compared to tafe would you say <laughs> yeah like a uni it was a uni compared sorry to, to sorry to if i break your heart any tafes that are listening <laughs> sorry to any tafes out there <laughs> yeah we've got a big tafe fan <laughs> um, i'd like to thank our patreon supporters um riverina tafe <laughs> Um, no, I just, um, and I'm finding it really interesting because a lot of the subscribers to the theatre are older people and, and they'll come in and they'll, this, this show is like, I, there's like a simulated hand job in the second scene and it's really dark oh, and can weird. I, where do I get tickets from? <laughs> <laughs> and like, but these kids, are just, they, these old older people are just like, we don't know how we're supposed to feel. But then sometimes there'll be a lot of young people in as well as the older people and they will let, they'll make the older people feel comfortable. They'll be like, oh, it's funny. Okay. No, it's yeah. funny. Yeah, it's funny. And then the old people are like, oh, well, aren't we having fun? <laughs> Uh, so, Michelle, we want to uh, go into your, your background a little bit. Um, I actually know the answer to this question, but uh, can, you, can you tell us? Uh, You've your been ba- reading up on some interview <laughs> like, techniques. Yeah. <laughs> Ask questions you know the answer to. <laughs> well, that, but we also uh, filmed a movie together. We did. Which was filmed in your hometown. So yes. can you tell us where that was, please? Wagga Wagga, New South Wales, 2650. <laughs> wow. All right, we didn't ask for the town's life story. <laughs> <laughs> is, that, um, is that that is a postcard? But postcode, that's a postcard. Yeah, that's a postcard. <laughs> <laughs> that's not just like a number that means I don't know. No, that's a postcode. It's not a gang. <laughs> <laughs> no, um. So the movie in question was The Merger. Check it out if you haven't. A good flick. Do but, check uh, it out. It's yeah. great. No, we had a great time. It was a. I don't. I can't speak for you, but it was a pretty wild time for me because things were starting to kick off with my comedy and then I get asked to be in a movie I'm like hell yeah yeah I don't know how many movies you've been but no it was pretty pretty exciting time no that was definitely my first movie um and very very cool like it was just so cool to be and also that it was in our in my hometown was yeah yeah because I stayed you guys all stayed in hotels I stayed at my mum's house (laughs) they were like what do it because um my management has Nick Cody as well and he was in the film and she called me and she was like, oh, do you and Cody want to, like, get a house together? And I was like, bitch, I'm staying with my mom. <laughs> I'm at my mom's house. And my partner, Tim, is in the movie too. So it was, like, just such a nice treat. <laughs> Go well, home, make a movie, well, mom that, cooks dinner. Yeah, like, that's, like, when I moved away from living with my parents, it was, like, cool, moving on with life. But now when I have to do something in Brisbane, I'm, like, straight onto the phone to them. Can I stay? You know? Yeah, it's so <laughs> nice. there's something about just, yeah, not... Like, hotels are all right, but, yeah, you love you. It's something yeah. about being looked after, I Yeah, think. yeah. Like, you, yeah. Mum spaghetti, you can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> That's not an M&M reference. <laughs> Just love it. Yeah. But, um, no, it was, it was a great experience and even um, just... Like, for me, coming from doing stand-up, which is quite a lonely kind of thing, I'm not looking for sympathy. It just, you just do it yourself. But it was like a group project, wasn't yeah. it? Because you got... All these people away in a place, we're doing this thing over, it was like about a, a month. month. I was there almost mm. a month, yeah, yeah, and it was like actors, crew, and it was crazy. And there's like the town kind of, 
it wasn't one of those things where like the town comes to a standstill, but well, quite a few people. Yeah, there was quite a few people knew what was going on. They'd see you around like, oh, are you from the movie? Yeah. So, well, how many movies get filmed in Wagga Wagga? <laughs> There's actually been a few. So before this, before the merger was filmed there, there was a film called Back Out Ashes that was oh, there that Damien yeah. Cullinan was in as well. I actually was in that movie, I forgot, but I was only there, in, I was in one scene and I didn't have any lines. <laughs> <laughs> so I wasn't really in it. She's um, moving up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, the character and everything. But, um... Yeah, that film was was filmed there. The director, Mark Grentel, is from Wagga. And he actually taught me acting and improv and comedy. Like, he was the one who taught me all that stuff when I was growing up. So it was really cool to come back and work with him again. And, yeah, he directed both of those films. Oh, awesome. And is that where you started doing improv and acting and things in Wagga? Yeah, yeah. after school. Um, very, very cool place to go <laughs> is uh, improv. I was also in a metal band. Really? <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah, I was in a metal band. Don't say like that, mate. Like, <laughs> we, we were called Goon. Hell um, yeah. 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 Right. That's pretty... It's pretty rock and what, roll. What role did you play in the band? Were you? Oh, I was a singer. Hell yeah. That's yeah. so sick. Yeah, <laughs> and, but it was like so, um, it was very dramatic. It was very like new metal-y. I was very into corn at the time. Mm. And it was like, it wasn't opera. It wasn't kind of like, like that Evanescence style, but it was very um, melodic metal. There was a song that was like, hear no evil, see no evil, speak no evil, fuck it. <laughs> it was like really stupid 15-year-olds being like, Meh. This is actually why one of the biggest things why I wanted to do this podcast is just finding out people's <gasps> little, you know, uh, we have to get Greg Glass on because he had a punk band called Feminazis. Mm. Oh my gosh. And if you know him, it's well, I don't know about at the time, but the, the way yeah, he is he's now, like the most be, woke guy in the world. Yeah, it'd be very tongue-in-cheek. I know people be like, like feminists, what? <laughs> yeah. Um, how long did you do the band for? Um, I think we were together for like three or four years. Wow. And a lot of them still play together. They're right. all still mates. But I was dating the bassist and then we broke up and I moved on. Mm. Mm, I didn't get an album out of that, like No Doubt. You know, they had the No, <laughs> didn't get a breakup album out. No, no um, Don't Devastated. Speak. Yeah. No, very sad. <laughs> is there any uh, evidence of that band floating around online? <laughs> there actually is, yeah. There, there definitely is. I'll see if I can get it to you. Um, <laughs> is there a MySpace? <laughs> I feel like MySpace is the biggest archive of like old bands and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, it's amazing. I, I never got to the point of, of playing, but I, just, I had the... The band names. Oh, like yeah, they, yeah. They were very, like, the pop punk style. There was, like, batteries not included, that sort of thing. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. for amusement only, newfound glory sort of name. Yeah. I think <laughs> Board of Education was another one. Oh, was, that's a good one. But it was B-O-R-E-D. It yeah. Was, it was playing on the whole, like... Yeah, that's smart. School <laughs> sucks, man. Yeah, yeah. Oh, boy. But also, it's you're like... You're all in school uniforms, your ties are skewered, yeah. and you're like, nah. <laughs> it, it kind of... <laughs> Requires that the, the government name is called that, but it's I don't think it is. It's, like, it's, like, it's Department of Education. But it's like, all right, guys. So you know the people that run the schools. Imagine they're called Board of Education, but they're not. But imagine they were. And imagine if the board was B O R E D. It's like a very big s- stretch. But anyway, enough about my band name idea. Um, so Wagga, like in in general. Um, pretty pretty fun place to grow up. Or it was amazing. Yeah, it was such a fucking treat because so Wagga especially when I was growing up they had this insane amount of art stuff going on but also sports so you could kind of do whatever you wanted and all the musicals like I got paid for the musicals I did in Wagga hell yeah and there was no like can't even do that in cities (laughs) (laughs) there was no like insane um 
like weird uh, competition between people. Everyone was really supportive. Everyone wanted to make good shit together. Everyone was very professional. So I learned how to be in a rehearsal room with your phone off. Don't talk while the director's mm. talking from a really young age, but not know we're taking it too seriously way. It was like such a beautiful community. And we used to, we could walk around at night and just kind of, I went to the lake every day by myself. Like it was that kind of, small town safety and all my friends would just get a goon bag and just walk around the neighborhood you know, it was just really nice <laughs> so when when we filmed there did you feel a, a responsibility to be like a tour guide like i, I did a like, bit yeah but then the more the like the spots you were showing are more like teenagey like that's, yeah, like, yeah. that's where we made it out that's yeah <laughs> that's like, where we had guys, a bong this you know is the like, fingering <laughs> shed. Yeah. Let's all guys check it out i've got a song called the fingering shed <laughs> <laughs> hell yeah um that's like, I guess, great for like a small town. Well, it's not a small mm. town. It's a bigger sort of. It's a large inland regional. Regional city. center, yeah. Yeah, regional uh, center. It is. Uh, it's a similar size it's a to where I live now, Ballarat. Where yeah, it's, it's the not same massive, as but it's not tiny either. Yeah, but it's big enough that you're like, everyone doesn't know everyone. Yeah, but more know more than should. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's really interesting. But like having that kind of strong arts community and stuff in it in yeah outside of a capital city like that must have been so important for you growing up like changed my life yeah yeah Yeah. totally it was such a treat i used to go to sydney for this thing called talent development project which was like run by not the board of education but the uh department (laughs) and they would like fly us up to sydney once a month to come and like do this program where you'd sing in front of industry people and then you'd come home and I'd always come home and I'd be like, I didn't learn anything. Everyone in Wagga's better. <laughs> so I was so proud of my town. I actually, yeah, I like to hear that because like a lot of people from rural towns have that kind of like, it's easy to like, yeah, I couldn't wait to get out, shit on it. Sort yeah, of thing. nah, I loved it. I left when I was 18, but only because I got into a performing arts school down here. Otherwise I would have stayed there and travelled for a bit. Well, it's interesting you say that because that segues into our next question, <laughs> which is the big move. Can you tell us tell us ah, about the big move? The big move. It was so big because, I mean, there's like 70,000 people in Wagga. And there's, I don't know if you've been to Melbourne. Um, there's quite a few. It's busy. It's busy. It's busy. Um, it's busy. It's, it's cold. I lived in Southbank because my parents wanted me to live near school. And I, I auditioned for this school and got in um, called Victorian College of the Arts, which is um, in Southbank. And so I lived a block away from uni. Mm. I just walked like... I, I really didn't leave the city for the first year that I was here, but I was also just so in love with Melbourne. Like, I was like, oh, my God, the city that never sleeps. Yeah, ah. yeah. And I went and, like, bought, like, a stupid, like, jacket that was, like, the ugliest jacket I've ever seen. But I was like, oh, it's so Melbourne. Like, I was I was big on that coming from Brizzy. I'm like, yeah. can't wait to get amongst the culture. Yeah. People... People go out because they want to see stuff. They don't want to just... Sorry, Brisbane, if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> but I think you even get that feeling of... Like, I, I grew up outside of Melbourne, like, in the Yarra Valley, which is not that far away. No. But even, like, our mates, like, driving in on the weekends to see friends' bands playing in the city was, like, it was... It's just kind of... I think it's a very Australian thing of, like, just going slightly outside of the city, you feel kind of disconnected from it a bit. Yeah. Um, and there, there's just so much more happening inside of the city where you're like, oh, there's actually bands playing on a Friday night and things like that. <laughs> yeah, it's just amazing to be able... Because, I mean, Wagga has that on such a small scale. It's like there's one theatre show on, there's one band playing at one pub, <laughs> and you can go and see those things, but it's like, oh, there's so many different options. Like Yeah, because, like, that, that's an example when it's, it's mainly a population thing. It's mm. just not big enough. But in your own mind... 
you then you it snowballs because you're like this place is holding me back. This place doesn't have any because <laughs> that's what it's like. Like Brisbane is for it's just like it's so much. It's not tiny, but it's a lot smaller than Sydney yeah. and Melbourne. So it's like just less stuff going on. But then you're like, why why don't people enjoy watching stuff? Why don't people support locals? And yeah. it's like you start to have like real. Get a resent. Yeah, that's a good word. People like, have a vendetta against. They, yeah. yeah, and then you find out they do, and you're like, <laughs> <laughs> "I was right, I was right." There's this website. It's like, we hate Goxie Dog. Like, hold him back. Hold him back. Don't let him get anywhere. Um, so when you, how long was the course for that you did? Um, I only went there for one year. I set myself on fire accidentally. Um, and then I had to learn to walk again. And so it was a whole, and then my, my father died. A lot happened in my second year of uni. So I didn't, I didn't go back there. I ended up going to Ballarat actually to study at the arts Academy and like start again. Cause it's like, I just don't want to go back and like, I've been through so much. I don't want to go and do Mm. the same thing again. Yeah. So it was a, it was a really interesting time. Um, in my life because I went I went from being like this insanely like wide-eyed musical theatre like I want to be in Billy Elliot like <laughs> fuck with to uh, or, like just heavy with life experience like at yeah. 19 being like smoking cigarettes like you don't know <laughs> it was, yeah it was very interesting yeah. and that's a lie I've never smoked a cigarette in my life I'm not that cool <laughs> <laughs> yeah because it can kind of like things can like I was saying snowball goes from one thing to the next mm. and before you know it it's like Yeah, this is what I'm doing with myself. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, God. I've just fallen into where I am. Absolutely. Like, just sort of tumbled from place to place. And then I've been like, oh, this is pretty good. (laughs) Was there ever a time where you thought, like, oh, I'm not going to do this musical theatre stuff or I'm not going to do any acting and I'll just get a nine-to-five job and leave it behind? So you never had that? Never, ever. (laughs) Which is insane. (laughs) Um, But I've always... I've been so fucking driven forever Mm. and ever and ever. And I think, like, when... When musical theatre wasn't what I wanted it to be, I was like, great. Well, I, And then I wrote, like, a list of five things that I wanted to do in the next five years, and then I did them in one year. Like, mm. I just get a, a bit obsessive about that stuff. Mm. And, yeah, I refuse. <laughs> I refuse to get a nine-to-five because I can't. I'm shit. <laughs> I'm shit. I can't do anything else. Like, what would I do? do yeah. i can maybe teach but i'm in too many sketches online about come like how <laughs> can i there's no way like it's just it's all over for yeah me. that that freaks me out about not being able to do anything with myself yeah. <laughs> but then it's like but then how many people could say funny stuff yeah exactly <laughs> that's it only and there's like yeah only a few hundred um, really? <laughs> but, there's, but there's so many jobs you can do you know like i i write for tv i've work in TV, I can do live comedy, I can do music, I could go and do a musical, yeah. or I'm doing a play right now, and you know, there's, like, lots of little things, like, I work as a session singer sometimes, or, like, a corporate singer, there's a lot of different things, there's enough going on, um, for now, until the government just stops funding anything <laughs> ever yeah. again. Yeah, and it is, like, it is easy to kind of feel like, oh, this isn't a real thing, but it is important to, like... People yeah. have an escape and, and watch some stuff. and It is, yeah. It's Which, very important. If we could take a message out of this episode, we're, <laughs> we're basically heroes. We're doctors. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, lift your game, fireman. No, no, no. I'm not going to. No, I don't know why I picked them. It must just be at the top of my mind. Like, no, like, I, please don't quote me on that. I, I love you, firemen. But and firewomen. Yes, fire people. Fire general. people. But um, it's an interesting point you make, though, like because I think if you're outside of 
performing arts, you think like, oh, no one ever makes it. It's so hard. But then when you, once you get into it, you realize that, oh, there's actually ways to make money off it. And yeah. there's ways, well, not so much to make money, but there's ways to have a living out of it and to have yeah. your life involved in that. It's not just be on the project <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or, yeah. or be on breakfast radio. There's so much stuff outside of that. There is so much stuff. I guess that's what kind of, where I got my resentment for Brisbane was is because I was just following the structures of the scenes, like go to a local gig, do five. Yeah. And then when I put my own stuff out, it it, it showed me that there's people who are into it, which is awesome. And yeah. that made me, that was the first time in my life I feel like I'm useful. You know? Yeah. Well, because if you make your own work, this is the most important thing I've ever learned, I think, is like... Sure, you can go and do the thing. And I was going and doing the thing. I was going to the auditions and I was doing shows and I did a, one musical that was, like, the big, large-scale thing. And then at the end of that, it's like, oh, okay, now you're back in the audition room. And I was like, well, I don't want to fucking keep having to do mm. that. And so I was like, well, I'm just going to do what I want. And now people call me and they're like, we want you to come and do this because you're you, not yeah. because you're the best person who auditioned. They're like, we literally want you you don't even have to audit so it's just like we've written this thing for you yeah, yeah and like just coming around looking at any industry there's always a back way in if you can't get in the front door there's always another door just build mm. a house next door and make them come over and borrow something from you you know I don't know it's just nice well it's like you were talking about doing the play that you're doing now mm. you it's a school you couldn't get into now yeah. they're, they're asking you to come yeah, yeah. I could there's not get like, they would not told see you me so, yeah they like. would like they wouldn't see me for an audition when I was you know like a, a fresh graduate of, of art school and I was like might want to come with me in a play and they were like mm, no kid <laughs> I was like oh. and they were like can you please be in a play sorry we can't pay you as much as you used to like mm, I guess I'll be in your little play <laughs> yeah since you begged. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love it. I'm so, like, I'm obsessed with it too. But that's how I'm acting so they know that I'm important. <laughs> Don't tell them. Well, um, speaking about putting putting stuff out, these are all smooth segues. <laughs> but speaking about uh, putting, putting your own stuff out, um, someone that inspired me to do that myself, and you've also done a fair bit of work with Auntie Donna. Yeah. Yes, my I, boys. I just want to preface that because I know it's a. I, I find it cringy to be like, tell me about these people you work with. But the only reason I'm asking you is because I cop it a lot myself. I get these like, and they, you'd know they're they're pretty big with with young young guys. I think. Oh like, yeah, I've so got I, the DMs. <laughs> so I, I get sort of you know that whatever eighteen yeah. to twenty like, hey man, and I, I thought at first they're into me. They're like, what's it like hanging out with Varney Donna? Oh. <laughs> I'm like. Pretty good, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna like expose them as the. No, nah, no, nah, there's actually nothing to expose. They're, they're, they're fantastic guys. They're, but yeah. yeah, I just, I just like didn't want to go too deep into it. But uh, tell, tell us if you can tell us a little bit about the the, the Auntie Donald world because I call it a world because as you know, it's it's like they're they're a full on team. There's, yeah, it's almost a company. Man. Yeah, it is a company. Um, it, it it literally is a company, and there's more than just the three boys that you see uh, on the screen, which is I think the most and important thing. To yeah, remember. well, that's what I meant by that. And and they've definitely they've put in the hard yards and um, earn everything they deserve. They I, work. So I don't think I said hard. that right, but uh, no, but, but that's that's true. But because there's a lot of and there's people behind the scenes. There's a lot of like family partners who who stuck with them yeah it's it's crazy and and they've created a little family as well so it's like you know 
there's um, this beautiful costume designer who does almost all of their projects and you know we, we're, a, we're a little family yeah. um, and we work together a lot you know Mish Wittrip worked with them a lot she's fucking great such an amazing playwright and comedian and um, I'm just lucky enough to have been um, knighted the girl one I guess like it's just really nice that I get to work with them so often yeah, but they're yeah. They're a well-oiled machine, and I think um, a lot of their success comes down to how just they work really hard. And they're really inspiring for me because um, this sounds stupid in hindsight, but I'm being completely honest. Before that, them, I was like, it sounds silly to think about, but I thought, oh, there's a certain type of comedy that only works on the internet, which is silly because it's just a device to put it out. Yeah. But I was like, oh, it has to be like epic trolls or, you know, yeah, that, like, right. epic good pranks or so, that sort of like really, um, what would you call it? Like obnoxious sort of yeah. thing? Yeah. Yeah. Like aggressive comedy. But my pranks aren't that good, you know. <laughs> character comedy works really, really well online and in real life and you see it translate in their live shows because they're actors. Like, they're yeah. all, that's what they was are. Was that, did you meet at Ballarat? Or yeah, I met at Ballarat. Yeah, sweet. The, yeah. T- the town that unites people. Yeah, Mish was there too. There were heaps of, um, yeah, heaps of that little family there. Oh, that's awesome. Um, and did you get involved in the early days as well? Like, you just knew those guys, they got you to be in some stuff and... Yeah, I guess they just asked me because I was doing I was in a group um, a comedy group called Backwards Anorak Mm. and they really liked us and our work we were very similar it was myself and Vince Malazzi we were very similar to Hot Department I don't know if you guys know Patrick and Honor Mm. they're so fucking funny I've heard the name I should know them I think I've got the the same same management management. (laughs) go and see them like hot tip they're amazing but yeah we did a lot of work that was um, early on that was like like, a lot like them and they loved that the Donna Boys loved that and um, sort of knew us from uni but didn't really I, I guess they just asked me to do the first one I did was I played Zach's girlfriend in a sketch about chips mm. and then I just kept coming back and then we sort of did 1999 which was the Screen Australia um, series and then I think it just took off um, Great. but yeah I was just really lucky to be there and, and that the fans really support were really responsive to mm. me being involved which was nice so I guess the boys were pressured <laughs> to keeping asking me <laughs> yeah, we're, we're very good friends as well like, well you my had best a um, big role on the tour and the album didn't you yeah yeah, yeah. so that was really nice because like, that's my yeah because I think set. they were like <laughs> yeah like we're we're not massive music guys you know yeah yeah I mean Tom is Tom is yeah. their, their music guy and he's amazing um and like they all like they're all very into music but yeah they're obviously not necessarily musos except for tom Mm. um so they were writing this comedy album and yeah i got to come in and do some co-writing and obviously do a lot of vocals on it and then when they it came time for a live tour they offered me to come come with them and i was like of course i will come to Mm, my best friends on a fucking live band (laughs) tour like such a treat it's really nice um, and something else people might know you for is Double Denim. When did that start and how did that start? Did that start from uni as well? That No, that started so backwards Anorak, the um, mm. duo, comedy duo that I was in. It expanded to include Vince's friend at the time, Laura, mm. who had been at uni but not with me. She was a, a few years before me and his brother, Leo. And then we wrote this show that went to Edinburgh and went really well. Um, we were just lucky, like right place, right time kind of thing. Um, and so that it kind of shot up and had a lot of success, but because of that, there was a lot of pressure (laughs) on us and we kind of all just went, Oh God, we don't know. And my brother was really sick at the time and he passed away while we were in Edinburgh. Mm. So it was that it just kind of 
all was a bit too much and we just kind of stopped working yeah. together. Um, we're still really good friends, mm-hmm. but it just sort of became this thing. And then Laura and I were hanging out a lot more and she and I just, we were just funny together and we thought, well, let's try something without the boys. Let's try. Yeah. Let's see. We still want to do this and, and those guys are, you know, doing their own personal stuff. And so it was really nice to get it up. The first time we did Double Denim, we just thought, oh, we'll just do a show and see what happens. Mm. We called it Double Denim because all the girls in comedy at that time were wearing um, leotards. So we were like, <laughs> let's wear like as much as we can. Yeah. <laughs> so we wore like, like jeans and like jacket and a vest and a big fuck off denim coat. Also, <laughs> denim is just a funny material. It is a funny fabric. It's a good fabric. But now it's our branding and it's like, ah, fuck. Now we have to like, we have so much branding. Well, I'm going to admit like some little behind the scenes look here, but <laughs> I try and push myself, but there is, in comedy, there's just cheat things like silly words and, oh, yeah, absolutely. and materials. Like, I just say TAFE to get a laugh. <laughs> but denim is just like, there's a there's a material you can just put on. And <laughs> <laughs> people will love it. But yeah, so we just took a chance and then people liked it and we were like, oh, I've got to keep writing shows then, I guess. No, it's awesome. And I guess currently you're, you're doing the play and you're writing for Mad as Hell as well? I'm acting on Mad as Hell. Acting on Mad I'm as not, Hell. I'm not actually writing for Mad as Hell, which is amazing to be like, here's, here's your script. And I'm like, oh, I don't have to do anything. <laughs> I just literally have to say the words. Um, but, yeah, none of the actors except for Sean actually write on Mad as Hell. Ah, uh-huh, right. Um, although some of the writers do do big parts. Like, mm. um, is that yeah, so Alistair like a bloke Andy can't write a kiss Andy. into a scene? <laughs> Maybe that's just... No, it's that's because just... I kept trying to write kisses into scenes. They're like, Michelle, we can't do sex scenes on the ABC. <laughs> Go to have... SBS. So I'm just thinking maybe that's not the way like, my brain is just cooked to the way it thinks like that. <laughs> you think the worst of all men. Doxy's um, a feminazi. Yeah. <laughs> uh, has that been a bit of a surreal experience, like working with Sean McAuliffe? <laughs> so Sean likes Auntie Donna and has worked with Auntie Donna and that's how he knew me mm. um, and sort of had watched my stuff. And then I did Tom Ballard's play last year at Comedy Festival, which Emily Tahini, who's in Mad as Hell, mm. uh, was also in. And Sean came to watch the play and he came up to me afterwards and chowed me in compliments and I was just standing there being like, you're Sean McAuliffe, you're Sean McAuliffe, you're Sean McAuliffe. Um, and then he just asked me to be on the show. He just, like, I think he, like, emailed... Broden and was like, "What's who's Michelle's agent and what am I invited to be on the show? <laughs> and then I was just part of the cast and now I'm just part of it. Now I just have this incredible job. It's crazy. It is honestly mm. crazy. Yeah, and you can rip into the government and just be like, I was joking. <laughs> <laughs> I was just having a bit of a funny laugh. But, yeah, that's a, that's a real treat. So, like, we'll do that during the days and then night times do live comedy or a play or whatever I want, hang out with my dog, hang out with my partner. Pretty nice. How, um, like I said, you obviously did the movie, The Merger, and and doing the Mad as Hell as well. How do you um, find, like, recorded compared to live? Like, for for listeners of I'm All Ears, you might know that I I call recorded things, I call them trapped. They're trapped on a... Oh, yeah, they are trapped. That's really interesting. Trapped forever, yeah. Yeah. Um, I like things that are trapped because (laughs) I think it's, it's... I love doing live stuff, but... When you do filmed stuff, you have if you have a good editor, then they can mm. do such gorgeous things with the comedy and the work that you do. Mm. Also, your work can be smaller, which like more subtle on screen, um, which I prefer doing. Sometimes in the play, I'm like, I'm doing too much. And they're like, in the back row, I can't see you. Mm. So I was like, you have to pull a really silly face <laughs> and, like, so they can all see that you're being silly. Whereas on screen, you can just 
do it like a blink and it's funny. Like yeah. I really like the subtleties of screen work. What I love about doing my own live shows, like my own solo show, is generally it's I know people want to be there, they get what it's about, mm. which is cool. And then but there's something scary about putting stuff out. Like at, I'm think I'm thinking there'd be people watching the merge and like not really into my style and that sort yeah. of thing. Yeah. Uh, I think I've just got a real ego on me. Yeah, you're just I like, can just get everyone's gonna love this. No matter what. <laughs> I guess it's like you were talking about before. You you've got you've developed who you are really well, and it's like yeah. if someone has asked for me to be there, they probably want it because of what I've developed for myself. Exactly. Yeah. It's like if they chose me to do this thing, then I'm probably doing what they wanted, and I trust that. Especially working with Annie Donna, like they we know each other so well that I. I know what they want mm. and they know what they're going to get from me. Um, so we, I have permission to play and sort of, you know, figure it out. So it, it, I feel really confident with all of that stuff coming out. I always feel really confident with McAuliffe because he's the best yeah. <laughs> in the biz. So, yeah, maybe if I was doing more screen stuff with, like, fuckheads. But, <laughs> but Damien Callanan's the best writer. You know, he's such a beautiful writer and he wrote The Merger and so I was very confident with that. I did play a white lady with dreads. Um, so I hope that didn't go down the wrong way with anyone. <laughs> Who caused a fire? Sorry, spoiler alert. Oh, I did. I caused a little fire. I actually didn't cause a fire. It wasn't really my fault, but it was my tent that yeah, burnt yeah. down. Anyway, oh, you'll yeah, have to sorry. watch the movie. Yeah, yeah. Do you know who actually caused it? It's Tim, my partner's character, Frog Feet, actually knocked it. Um, so we're breaking up. <laughs> And he already he already got to sing his Richmond Tigers his beloved Richmond Tigers song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So pretty much you're doing awesome things in your career. Uh, how about we get away from your career a bit and get to know Michelle the person? Oh, okay. <laughs> Is that a smooth okay, segue? Okay, Yeah. <laughs> Yes, Gwyneth. Uh, yeah, no. Nah, like, what are you into, mate? What are you into? What am I into? Dogs, animals, animals, animal rights. Animal but Bruce rights. is sitting here like, I thought I was the only one. Yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was like, I was like that when I had a dog. My dog Roger. I was like. I like dogs, but then I'm like, not really. I just like having one. Because <laughs> I've been with him in the dog park and other ones come up. I'm like, rack off. I've got a dog. <laughs> rack off. I've got a dog. Like a girl at a bar being like, I have a boyfriend. Yeah, yeah. I'm own. Like, I'm taken. <laughs> I'm taken. What would it be instead of a ring though? It'd be like a lead. Like, yeah, like, we're like, no, I'm, I'm fine. Yeah, Thank you. Just holding a lead up in the air. For the listeners, we're doing a, a visual game yeah. here. We're holding <laughs> a bit of physical comedy. Yeah, a bit yeah. of clowning. Can't resist. Um, but yeah, I, I really love animals. That's my that's my um, that's where my heart sits. And I think maybe if I could get a job at the zoo, that would be the nine to five that I could do. Hell yeah! Yeah, because um, they're but just they make like, me very happy. I feel, I feel like animal jobs there. There's probably a lot more to them than just liking animals. Hanging out with yeah. animals. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's, my friend Annie has a job at the zoo where she does the um, like. The chats about the animals, she chats to people about the animals. She's a comedian as well. Um, she actually dates Broden from Auntie Donna. Um, but it she's really is much a... more than that. It is such it's such an incestuous little family. <laughs> where, um, but yeah, she's um and she's amazing. She just gets to like walk around and Bree Williams does it too. A couple of comedians do it. Just talk to people about the animals and like go and do the facilitate the animal encounters. And and Melbourne Zoo is actually really incredible. They're a conservation society, they look mm. after their animals. Most zoos are pretty shitty but they're actually really nice so it's like you know there's some really nice stuff but yeah i, I do michelle uh, 
Michelle owns all responsibility for that. If, if anyone from Big Zoo is listening, yeah. <laughs> don't come at I'm all Big ears. We've got, we got big lawyers here at I'm all ears. <laughs> but if anyone um, at uh, Melbourne Zoo wants to give me a job and uh, stop me from working in TV, that, that I would maybe I would consider it. Um, but yeah, it's a. Uh, I just really I really like animals. I really they make me very pleased, and they're my favourite thing. Do you have one you hate though? Have one I hate. Dish out the dirt on you. <laughs> which, which animal, animal do you think I is a gronk? Hate? A gronk. <laughs> oh, which animal is a gronk? Oh, I don't really like mean cats. Mm. And mean flies. Cats are mean. Flies suck. Flies. <laughs> flies are like the flies aren't that bad. I don't mind flies. They like fly oh, lands on me. I'm bloody like, fly apologist. <laughs> <laughs> a spider. I don't like to have in the house. Like if there's a spider, I'll go. I'll take it outside. Mm-hmm. Like, sorry. We, we, were, we were driving home last night. We were, no, we were driving down to Melbourne last night and I was on the Westgate Bridge. Oh, no. No, this... Don't worry, I'm still alive. <laughs> maybe edit that out. Um, <laughs> anyway, but yeah, you can see where this is going. There's this huge spider on my... Inside the car, on the on the dash. No! And, yeah, and, and I was... Um, my three girls are in the car and oh I'm like... Oh, Karen, the oldest, is in the passenger side. I'm like... I saw it first. I'm like, ah, oh, spider. And then Karen's screaming, but I'm like, calm down, control yourself. But I was like, first. and then I'm you're like, the first one to panic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, but then I'm like, well, I'm driving on a bridge. You know what the Westgate's like? Yeah. Heaps of cars. This is the worst place to find a huge, and it was pretty big. It was like, oh. again, another visual thing I'm doing, but I'm, I'm showing Solo a big hand. It looks like a huntsman. Yeah. yeah. You could tell that with my hand. Um, yeah, and I'm like, Karen, grab the cap. And, and she pushed it out of the car. Everything was fine then. Mm. And so it would seem on the way home. Oh so we went God. to the footy at Moorabbin, yeah. watched the Saints play, and then come on the way home, there's a spider again on the window. It might, it might, it might have been. Well, she the might same have thrown it out and it, it just and stayed it, on the car. Or and, there's and a family of spiders yeah. living in your so car. So that's my spider story. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't. I don't. I reckon spiders are gronks, but they're all right. I don't kill them. But I don't. Just, I'm not even. Yeah. Let them out. Yeah, I'm just like I'm sorry, mate. You, you're evicted. You're yeah. not coming in here. What? What? I was wondering. What is? What's the the vegan policy? You're you're vegan, aren't you, sir? I like, am. Yeah. Killing mozzies and flies. And um. Just don't eat them. <laughs> you kill them, but you can't eat them. Torture him. Just don't eat them. Uh, look, I, I think it's about if you can, like, get rid of them. You know, ethically I'm, do I'm that. I'm not even. I'm not even trying to troll here either. I'm not like. Yeah, no, it's a good question. You know, question. you know, like I vegan trolls are like, yeah, hey, you said you couldn't have cheese, and now you're having cheese. <laughs> <laughs> I hate those guys are going. Trolls are going like Domino's and like. Well, oh, yeah. uh, last night uh, four and twenty announced a meat-free pie. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, the internet would be so upset. Yeah, just like, Tim showed me that. Tim's very pleased about that. Yeah. I, I want to try the ice creams. There's a few billboards I drove past. Yeah. Billboards on that Homer Simpson, they have a, a big effect <laughs> on me. Like, We've got a vegan magnum in the freezer. Do you want to try it live on air on the pod? <laughs> <laughs> um, Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> is, is that like, I was saying I don't like to troll, but you just like put your money where your mouth is no, sort of being, thing to me? No, I was being serious. Yeah. Like, you should try no, it. No, I, do, I do want to. I just don't want to... Wanna, you're a guest on our pod. I don't want to be taking ice cream. <laughs> My magnums. Yeah. I'm taking magnums. Yeah. Uh, if anything, I should be giving you an ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> a ve- yeah, being a vegan is it, it's personal and, and it depends on you. Like I'll, uh, most vegans. I'm, I guess I'm not strictly a vegan because I will eat honey if it's by from like a local um, 
beekeeper that cares about their bees and doesn't, yeah. you know. So it, it sort of depends. You can get these um, taps where you just sort of, it doesn't affect the bees and you don't have to, like, gas them yeah. or anything. Mm. And so I'm like, I want to support you because I want to support bees because we need more bees and yeah. you care about bees. I'm like, oh, I guess I, every dollar is a vote for me. So I think, yeah. well, for everyone... Oh, God, what a masturbatory thing to say. <laughs> well, I'm just, Kill me! <laughs> well, I'm just saying, yeah, because I do, like, you know, I, I eat meat and kill flies. But I will, if, I, mm-hmm. if there's a spider, I'm like, can, can we get it out? Like, yeah. put, it, put it in a cup. And I think we tend to, like, well, how cute an animal is or interesting. But cows are so cute. Yeah. And pigs are so cute. And pigs are real smart. I think it's just conditioning. I think we just get used to, like, these are the animals you eat and these are the animals yeah. that you... Oh, your friends. And then people aren't super comfortable learning that, like, oh, cows are actually quite affectionate and pigs want to be your friends like dogs. Mm. And people don't like to learn that stuff. It's, it's quite confronting. And I understand why people go, oh, nah, <laughs> I don't <laughs> want to hear about that. And I think definitely something I found is, like, in that vegan community, there's a bit of a, like, oh, you've got to do it perfectly. Oh, and yeah, it's, which it's is like, such so dumb. Yeah. But Just have one less fucking cow a week and good for you you know you're yeah. doing good like you don't have to go you need more people doing it kind of badly yeah than perfectly yeah <laughs> exactly yeah and it would be better if we were all mostly plant-based yeah. from our point of view anyway and <laughs> you know the environment you were vegetarian for two years is that right? almost two like but yeah let's say two yeah, yeah. <laughs> but i i feel like um because this is a fair while ago this was like early 20s and was so that from... 34. This is like 13, 14 years ago. That would have been really different then. And it, yeah, there's a lot more options now. And, and, and also the actual vegan thing is, is bigger than it was there. So I was like, if I'm not having meat, that's all right. I, oh, it's I, hugely I, radical to not I, eat meat. Yeah, like I was like, I didn't think about cheese and dairy and eggs. and. Yeah, well, we didn't know. We didn't have the documentaries telling but us. I, like... Yeah, I pretty much... I stopped because I'm weak-willed, but also... <laughs> yeah, there was less options back then, so... Most of the time when I was out, I'll just get the like Subway sub with just salad in it. Oh mm. yeah, which is not very nice. That's not that nice. <laughs> now there's a lot better options around. Yeah, get yourself some Absolutely. water of the fries, big dog. Mm. So good. Uh, do you want to wrap up? Yeah, just uh, yep. Yeah, so animal person. <laughs> uh, anything else you, you want to tell us about? You do with yourself or? Um, into your metal anymore? <laughs> I'm not into metal. Well, I still love corn. Yeah. Like, I yeah. fucking love oh, yeah. corn. I will never stop loving corn and system of a down. I can't. Hell yeah. I actually, actually, because um, I was more from a, a punk background. Yeah. Like, and, you know, punk and metal, it's like dogs and cats. Yeah. Nah, <laughs> but I've, I often say, someone, when people ask me, like, what was the hardest or heaviest you get? I, I'd say, like, system of a down. Yeah, yeah. Because that's like... I didn't get heavier than that. So yeah. yeah, that's my that's my little metal guilty <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh good fun. A good fun. Love system of a down. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on I'm All Ears. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Uh, and as you as well, Brucey, that you've been tapping around. Good boy, Bruce. What well up, mate? Good boy. Woof. He, <laughs> yeah. he doesn't he, make any noise. He just said, uh, no worries, blokes. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for coming to our house. <laughs> but no, yeah, we appreciate it. Uh, thanks so much, Michelle. Absolute ripper legend. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I guess we'll see you next time on I'm All Ears. Is there anything else you want to talk about, Coxie? Um, no, I'll just try to recover from my spider incident. And, uh... <laughs> That's fucking insane. you got to get that checked, man. Get that checked. I, I will say, uh, me being a Saints fan and... 
Ben being a Demons fan, sucked in our Saints women <laughs> beat your Demon women last night. Oh, well. I'm trying to find a team to join. Yeah, well, Tim thanks. isn't getting you into the Tigers. <laughs> well, yeah, Tim does love... So I go for the Tigers just because I want Tim to be happy for, in the boys, but we're deciding if we're going to go for the Tigers women or, or a different team. <laughs> so it's different. hard. They move around too much, but then you've got to get double merch as well, and that's a pain in the ass. So. <laughs> yeah. We'll figure um, it out. Well, I'll put a vote in for the Ds. Um, <laughs> they're going well um, up until last night. <laughs> it's just hard. Well, because with male football, I just choose try to choose the team with the least rapists, but when there's, <laughs> there's women playing, it's like, oh, they're all good. <laughs> no one's a fuckwit. It's too hard. It is early days, though. Oh, yeah. They'll fuck up. One thing I will say is, though, if you do Carlton's good because the ground is just over there. That is true. Because um, my mate today was like, do you want to come watch the game? It's in Cranbourne. And I was like, oh. um. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the, that's the Demons fan base heartland. Yeah, Casey. Yeah. <laughs> Get out there. Anyway, this is a really long wrap up. Thanks for listening. (laughs) See you guys next episode, please. See ya. Bye.